Hello, welcome to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast, where it is all about helping amazing physicians just like you create a wealthy life free from burnout and with the financial security to practice medicine on your own terms. I'm your host, Dr. Elisa Zhang. Hello, and welcome back to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast. If you've been investing in real estate syndications, you may have had a capital call. I've invested in several syndications, and one of them has had a capital call. In this episode, I'm going to discuss what is the capital call and why there are so many occurring currently. In a syndication, multiple investors pull their capital together to invest in a particular project or opportunity. A capital call occurs when the syndication manager or general partner requires investors to contribute additional funds beyond their initial investment. When you invest in a syndication, you make an initial investment where you commit a certain amount of money or capital into the syndication investment. Usually, there's a minimum investment amount per limited partner, and that can range anywhere from $25,000 to $100,000 for a single syndication investment and more for investments in funds that are made up of multiple syndications. The general partners raise the capital to put towards an investment. If it's a real estate syndication for an apartment complex, the capital raise will go towards the down payment for the apartment complex, the planned rehab and renovation projects, and other expenses to get the apartment complex profitable to the point where it'll have positive cash flow. Ideally, once there's positive cash flow, the limited partners who invested in the project will get paid out distributions based on their investment. Eventually, the property may be sold for a larger profit and the investors will get their initial investment back along with additional profit, which means that you have positive returns. The property may also get refinanced and the limited partners may get a return of some and even possibly all of their initial investment, but also then retain ownership in that property, which can continue to be profitable and continue to pay distributions. That's what happens when things go well. And we like to think things go well most of the time, and often they do. Unfortunately, things don't always go well, right? That's the risk of investing. It's always possible to lose money with any investment. There may be a situation where additional funds are needed for the project in order to keep it going and hopefully eventually make money. This is when the general partner, syndicator, or sponsor may issue a capital call. The capital call is a formal request for investors to contribute more capital to meet the financial needs of the investment. The limited partners will receive a notice regarding the capital call. There's usually a meeting, if not multiple meetings, in order to discuss why there's the need for additional capital and what that additional capital will be used for. Investors then have an option to comply and contribute the requested amount of capital or decline to participate. By not contributing to the capital call, it is possible for the investor to lose all of their initial investment. This is where contributing to the capital call can really be a bit of a prisoner's dilemma. If enough investors contribute, then it's possible that not every investor has to contribute for the investment to regain footing and end up being all right. If not enough investors contribute, then the entire investment may fail and everyone loses their initial capital. Some people will say that contributing to a capital call is throwing in good money after bad, but it does depend on what brought on the need for the capital call. Typically, capital calls are to cover unforeseen expenses or address a financial need that's not initially anticipated, or it could even be to be able to take on an opportunity that wasn't 
otherwise known at the time of the initial investment. So why are there so many capital calls occurring recently? This is due to the changing interest rate environment over the last two years. There have been unprecedented federal interest rate hikes in 2022 and 2023 in order to curb inflation. Historically, the most interest rates have gone up in a year is 200 basis points, or 2%. In 2022, there were seven interest rate hikes, ranging between 25 and 75 points each, bringing the federal funds rate from 0.25% at the beginning of 2022 up to 4.5% at the end of 2022. If you want to know the difference between points and interest rate, 25 points represents 0.25% change in interest rate. And generally, rate hikes will be in increments of 25 points. So either 25 points, 50 points, 75 points, and rarely 100 points. In 2023, there were four more rate hikes that brought up the federal funds rate up to 5.5%. Going from 0.25% to 5.5% was not anticipated by most real estate investors, and it severely affects anyone with a variable rate loan. Many homeowners, especially since the 2008 recession, will opt to get a fixed rate mortgage and typically for 30 years. This is especially true because interest rates for home mortgages have been relatively low from 2008 up until recent times. Commercial mortgages are typically shorter term than residential mortgages. Most real estate syndication investments will have a three to seven year timeline, so there really isn't a reason to get a really long-term loan. Commercial loans tend to involve business operations and economic factors that change more rapidly. So this means that lenders will generally loan on shorter terms to allow them to reassess and adjust the terms more frequently based on the property's performance and market conditions. It can also be more expensive to acquire a fixed rate loan compared to a variable loan, and that difference in cost can be the same as the increase in interest that might need to be paid. So many syndications for real estate investments may end up using a variable loan the lender may require the purchase of a rate cap with a variable loan. A rate cap is essentially insurance to mitigate the risk of rising interest rates. It limits the amount of additional interest that the borrower may need to pay on the loan to the lender. Rate caps can be purchased for one year, two years, or even longer. The longer the rate cap, the more the rate cap will cost. The typical cost of rate caps in the past could be as low as $20,000 and were commonly 50000 or less. However, with the recent high rising interest rate environment, the cost of rate caps soared to multiple six figures and even a million dollars or more. And there's just not enough profit to cover the cost of these rate caps, which is really a big unforeseen expense. In the syndication I invested in that had a capital call, the capital call was specifically to purchase a rate cap. Without buying a rate cap, the lender could call the loan in default and call the loan due, at which point the property would actually be given back to the lender, at which point the investors are likely to lose their initial investment. Currently, the feds are giving a signal that interest rates may be cut this year, which will hopefully stabilize the real estate market. So that's one reason for the many recent capital calls, but there are other reasons too. After all, the reason for the Fed's increasing interest rates was due to inflation. 
The inflation in 2022 was at a 40-year high. Inflation peaked at 9.1% in June of 2022, according to Statistica.com. Increasing the federal funds interest rate did reduce inflation to 3.4% as of December 2023. Typically, the Fed's aim for inflation rate is somewhere between 1% and 3%. Generally, inflation has been good for real estate since the value of properties generally increase with inflation and rents usually increase with inflation. However, the cost of building, rehabs, and maintenance have all also gone up with inflation. In most markets, I think the increase in rents have not necessarily been enough to cover the increase in these costs. Other costs have gone up too. Due to natural disasters in the South, property insurance costs have significantly increased. If you live in the South, you may have even seen this with your own home insurance. There are also some locations where the government has limited how much insurance can charge. This causes insurance companies to leave the market because they no longer can make a profit. As companies leave the market, that can end up increasing the rate of insurance for the companies that are still in that market, or it could even make it difficult to buy property insurance at all. And of course, there was the COVID pandemic. COVID cost a lot of money. Some of that money came from the federal government, but other money came from the state government and local governments as well. And a lot of people weren't working, so income tax collection decreased. There are cities that have gone to increasing property taxes as they look for a way of finding more money. Property tax increases generally hit people who are more affluent, as people who are more affluent are more likely to be homeowners, and affluent people tend to have property that is valued more. Of course, property taxes is also going to affect real estate investors. It's going to affect the property taxes on all property, including commercial property and things like apartment complexes. COVID also slowed down the eviction process. You know, evictions have been taking a long time in some areas, and many properties have delinquent tenants. As the COVID stimulus money has been decreasing, there's also probably more delinquent tenants. People aren't able to afford their rents, which means there's going to be more evictions. Some areas may also be facing new apartment units that are coming available, which is creating more competition. Typically, it'll take three to five years to build new housing in terms of a large apartment complex. And there are some areas that now may be seeing more supply without having the demand to really use all that supply. If a brand new apartment building goes up, a class A building that's all shiny and new, and they can't get the rents that they originally were anticipating, well, eventually they're going to lower rents to attract tenants. If you're invested in a class B property where they were planning to rehab and then get tenants in and raise rents because the units are rehabbed, well, if those tenants instead are going to new construction property, then you may not be able to fill the property or also get the rents that were originally in the pro forma when you initially invested. That could also be affecting real estate syndication investments depending on what market you're invested in. Another issue that can happen at any time are problems with property management. And this may just be another contributing factor. I hope if you're investing in real estate syndications that the people you're investing with have been open about communication and the status of your investment. There are still many syndications that are doing well, and I have investments that continue to pay regular distributions. In the coming years, I expect there's going to be some great deals that come available. 
If you've been investing in real estate syndications for a while now, you've likely had some great returns in the past. It's part of the economic cycle to have good times and not so good times. We're currently in a state for real estate that's having some hardship. If you are interested in learning more about investing in syndications, The Hands-Off Investor by Brian Burke is a great place to start. I really highly recommend this book. It is a bit dense, and you'll probably want to reread it a few times to really let it soak in, but it really has some great information in it. For some people, investing really means overcoming fear of losing money. I like to remind people that there are risks to any investment, and that includes safe investments like having money in your savings account. If the interest rate you are earning is below inflation, then your money is losing value in that savings account. And you really can't save your way to financial freedom. As Warren Buffett says, if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you will work until you die. I want all of us to have financial freedom, and that does mean investing, learning how to invest, and overcoming your fear of investing. If you do find yourself holding back from investing because of fear of losing money, that's something I'd love to help you with. As a money coach, I work one-on-one with individuals in order to really work with the individual on their needs. If that's of any interest to you, I welcome you to sign up for a consultation call or discovery call at my website, growyourwealthymindset.com. If you've been enjoying this podcast, I would really appreciate if you could leave a five-star review. Thanks for being a listener of the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could share it with your friends and colleagues. And now for the disclaimer. I am not a certified financial planner, accountant, or attorney, and nothing I say should be construed as professional investment, tax, or legal advice. This show is primarily for your education and entertainment. I am a physician, but I'm probably not your physician. So if you need any medical advice, please contact your own physician. Thank you.